You're listening to the Film Marketing Academy podcast, the audio series dedicated to helping filmmakers create better film marketing campaigns faster. Join your host, Pascal Fintoni, for what promises to be an exciting and intriguing voyage of discovery filled with advice, stories, and film marketing ideas. Thank you for tuning in. And now, on with today's episode of the Film Marketing Academy podcast. So, Roger, you've chosen a really captivating sci-fi movie, In Time, directed by Andrew Nichols, starring Justin Timberlake, Amas, Amanda Seyfried, Cillian Murphy, amongst others, released in the autumn of 2011. When you look at the reviews online and the reaction from people, there seems to be two groups almost. Those who believe this is one of the most underrated sci-fi movies of all time, and those who think, how is it that I'm not seeing this yet? And... I will confess, I pretty much belong to the second group. I only saw this recently, actually it was during the pandemic. I went through the Amazon Prime kind of library of movies, creating a watch list, thinking, well, I'm going to have a lot of time to kill and being stuck at home. And In Time was in that list, and we finally watched it with Denise, and we absolutely loved it. But I just didn't know this movie existed. No, we saw it. We didn't go to the cinema to see it, but we saw it when it came out on um, Blu-ray. In fact, we did buy the Blu-ray, and it is an it's an extremely good film, and I absolutely love the basic premise of it. I mean, we're we're in a future society, um, and everybody in that future society is genetically modified so that when they get to the age of twenty-five, their body clock effectively their aging clock stops. So pretty much everybody in the film looks like they are 25. They don't grow older at that from any point um, later on in, in, in their lives. But what they are given at the age of 25 is just one more year to live. And that one more year appears on their wrist as a series of bright glowing neon uh, numbers. And those numbers count down the seconds. So that in a year's time, bang, their heart stops, whatever, and they just they just fall dead. And the concept of the movie is that they've got to buy themselves more time. Now, the way they buy themselves more time is that they get paid in time. So if they go and get a job, their wage effectively is more time. But the downside as well is that if they want to buy a coffee or they want to buy food or they want to get on a bus or they want to get on a plane, they've got to pay for that journey or that food with some time that gets deducted from their total so you can imagine that sort of tension that it creates when somebody is getting close to only having an hour or two left and maybe having to buy something or they've got a bill to pay it could literally mean the end of their life and i i I just find it a concept which is absolutely mind-boggling to get your head around. It's similar to a, a film from the 1970s called Logan's Run, where everybody died at the age of 30, um, and they were hunted down by these things called Sandmen if they tried to escape that date with destiny. And in this film, we have um, a series of um, timekeepers who run around after people who are abusing the system. But I just th think the concept is amazing. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought, I mean, I, we watched it and we thought, this was a great movie, but very sinister. Mm -hmm. And and that's really what sci-fi movies can do sometimes, to be either a running commentary about what is happening in the present, 
or a warning about what's happening could be happening in the near future and I, I kind of um, knew about the director but I had to look it up and I, I know the name from somewhere with and then of course then remembered about Gattaca that he did you know some years prior he was the writer on the Truman Show and Antoine so he's he, he seems to really really enjoy you know it feels to me like it could have been um, a novel written by Arthur C. Clarke which is mm -hmm, this is mm -hmm. meant as a compliment by the way this idea of let me invite you to reflect on you know s signs of life in 2011 and essentially um, the future whereby the allegory the analogy is people won't be able to access the health system fairly or equitably people will be able will have to do two three jobs to be able to pay their bills and so on. you know there was generally that 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 reflection as well and the sense sacrifice and and the the, the injustice about a society between uh, the, the the have the have nots and so on I, I thought it was just a, a fantastic movie and, and I almost wish for the creators that it'd been given uh, more coverage, you know, somehow. Yeah, I mean, it, we found it, I found it very difficult to find any um, marketing uh, material beyond the trailers and the posters, which we'll come to. Um, but I, I love the, the the fact you 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 talked about it being almost an, an analogy of of current society i mean it's probably more relevant now than it was 10 years ago because we're hearing a lot in the media today about the widening gap between rich people and people who just have a difficulty making ends meet and of course that's being rammed home to us at the moment with the cost of living crisis and the fact that the cost of fuel gas and electricity is just absolutely skyrocketing and that's what this film is saying you know the people who are effectively in the ghetto are often running around with only a day left on their life clock, whereas the richer people living in the posh part of town, driving around in BMWs and, and limousines, you know, they've got hundreds of years on their arms. And that is a really stark um, nod to what might be happening about money in the world today. You mentioned Logan's Run. By the way, I love the TV series as well of Logan's Run. It was just so good, so entertaining. Um, the other movies that, that came to mind, uh, oddly, perhaps because of the name, but also because of that split between the two groups, was the time machine, mm. you know, between the Eloys and the, the Morlocks. It's your, and, and it's not new, you know, what In Time is exploring, but it's doing it its own unique way. And what has been interesting is, is back to what you were saying, uh, by the way, this is a plea and a call to current <laughs> filmmakers and, and film marketers. Can you please, please stop deleting everything off the internet or whatever? Because of course, in 2011, there was an official website, which is no longer accessible. There were social media accounts, Facebook and Twitter in particular, but it was only used for a matter of months for the duration of the, of the launch of the movie in the autumn 2011, and probably for the, the Blu-ray uh, release as well. But there was nothing else to, to go after. So you came up with a genius idea anyway. Yeah. Now, obviously, there's a trailer and there's some posters. And what I found intriguing was this would be a good lesson for us and hopefully informative for the listeners of the, market, of the um, uh, Two Geeks in the Marketing podcast. 
to actually look at whether the trailer sells the concept of the film. Now, let's face it, the basic premise, which I explained a few minutes ago, is actually quite complicated, isn't it? When you get to the age of 25, you know, your aging stops, etc., and you've got, an, you've got one more year to live unless you buy more and you lose it, blah, blah, blah. That's quite a lot of tech babble to get across to somebody in a trailer. And I just thought it would be fascinating to, A, ask ourselves what needs to be in a trailer, and secondly, does this trailer, actually we're going to watch two of them, do the two trailers for this film actually succeed in achieving those aims? Now, I thought what would be really interesting, Pascal, given your background as a movie <laughs> producer, you know, tell us the bottom line, what is the point of a trailer other than to get bums on seats in cinemas, obviously? Well... For for me, and there's two types of trailers, and I think that's really important. And you and I have spotted sometimes the confusion. You've got the trailer you need to pull together to sell it to a distributor, whether mm. that's domestic market, in this case the US, or foreign markets. And then you've got the trailer for the audiences, and they are two different constructs. Um, often the trailer for the, the distributors and for the trade, shall we say, gives far too much away, uh, is far too long, and is usually there to convince somebody that, oh, by the way, if you were to cut a, sh a shorter trailer, or if you were to you know, consider our film, you're definitely going to make some money from you know, bombs and seats. Whereas the, the uh, trailer for the audiences, it needs to be a bit more enigmatic, it needs to sound the pace, it needs to make you care for the protagonist quite early on, and suggest you know what's in jeopardy here you know what is the threat what is um you know what are they up against and what makes it so difficult so that's kind of to be to begin with the differentiator which i think is very important the other thing that the trailer can do and should do and we're going to be watching the the first trailer in a moment is also sell the cinematic and the sound design because you are essentially promising to somebody who's going to pay you know, in euros, pounds, or dollars, and all the currencies that in the now and a half, two hours, that they're going to be in your company, it's, it, it is going to be a worthwhile experience. So the cinematography and the sound design and the dialogues even are part and parcel of what that trailer is meant to tease. 90 seconds, give or take, for a two-hour experience. That's essentially, you know, the dichotomy. So let's begin with trailer number one. My mother-in-law, Clara, my wife, Michelle, and my daughter, Sylvia. Whoa, 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 where's the rest? Never met the quota. My units are up from last week. So is the quota. Just once, I'd like to wake up with more time on my hand than hours in the day. How old are you? 28. I'm 105. The day comes when you've had enough. If you had as much time as I have, what would you do with it? Sure as hell wouldn't waste it. The last time anyone saw him alive, there was over a century on that clock. Well, follow the time. His name is Will Salas. You can't hide a hundred years in the ghetto. You know that time will get you killed. Hey, Mom, I'm gonna get out of here. I just wouldn't know what to do if I lost you. 
don't believe we've had the pleasure of your company before, Mr. Salas. Well, Salas. I'm sorry to have to break up the party, Mr. Wes. I just need to work with your friend. This is my death. Please take me home. I can't do that. Why? They're keeping me alive. This is my intention. Can you live with yourself watching people die right next to you? You don't watch. You close your eyes. I'm gonna make them pay. I'm gonna take them for everything they've got. Come on, come on, help yourselves! Take the time, it's free! enough time in the wrong hands you upset the whole system let's hope so if this works we gotta get more i can help you get all the time you want you know we're coming to get you his crime wasn't taking time he was giving it away All right, Roger. So what do you make, or what is officially, according to IMDb.com, trailer number one for In Time, released in 2011? Well, the plus points are that I love the way that they use the the same green typography that they use for the life clock that's on the forearm so it's a sort of neon green color and it and yeah. it flicker it flickers just like it does it scrolls just like it does on the arm of the people and of course you do get a good feel for how the world looks and the contrast between the ghetto the poorer people the time poor people and the richer people the time rich people but that's where the positives for me stop. I, I find this trailer a bit of a mess. It doesn't really give me much of a of a hint about what the plot's about. It talks about stealing time or giving away time a little bit. But we don't even seem to get introduced to the characters. We see the characters, but I don't get a feel for where their motivations are. I don't know what the jeopardy is. I don't really understand this whole idea of what the life clocks are about. So had I seen this trailer before going to see the film, it might have talked me out of going. And I might have actually thought, you know what, I will wait for it to come out on DVD or Blu-ray and, and I'll, I'll give this one a miss because I just found it a bit of a mess. Do you know what's interesting? These are the very words expressed by others online saying, mm. I'm glad I saw in time before I saw this trailer. It's mm. absolutely fascinating. Mm. Um, I, I think for me, it's a couple of things I wanted to kind of bring up to everyone's attention. And I realized that this is a little trickier if you're a podcast listener, you've not had the pleasure of watching the images, but and there was a lot of reliance on copy on screen. So, you know, it begins with uh, following the, which I always love, you know, when they, they kind of create the style of the movie by changing the colors of the logo. So you have yeah. Trunch of Century Fox, Regency, one of the distributors, in that kind of gray monochrome style, suggesting a, a future um, that perhaps not as well. And what follows is about 30 seconds, you know, segment one, 30 seconds of text followed by a scene that is meant to illustrate what the text is saying. So in a way, you're doubling up on your explanation, which makes it much longer. So you've got the text in the near future with years counting up. And then you've got um, scenes of people standing with their forearms with the, the what we can just distinguish to be uh, numbers. And then you've got the crossfade to close up of the uh, a baby's arm. So you see you, you're born with that uh, almost, you know, in you. You do not age past 25. And then we're introduced to a mother-in-law, to a wife and to a daughter by somebody off screen. Then move on to life is paid out a minute at a time. And you have another scene. And this goes on across six um, kind of mini phrases 
and six um, kind of cut out from, from the movie. And it's just a bit long. And that's back to my argument that this may have been the trailer for the train or for, for the audiences. Mm-hmm. And then that first segment is kind of brought to an end by the voice of the hero, played by Justin Timberlake. Just once, I would like to wake up with more time on my hands than hours in a day. And what is interesting about this first trailer, they kind of broken the rule, and rules, of course, are there to be broken, Roger, about the, what we call the hero's entrance. That's not, these are not my words. It's used by producers and you know, script writers way before my time. But the hero's entrance has to be taken care of very, very well. Think the way um, Indiana Jones is introduced, you know, in Raiders of the Lost Ark and so on. So the fact that the the um, the hero doesn't speak first is is an interesting, you know, rule to 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 break. We shall see. And then from that introduction, then we have about a minute of what, what I'm going to call the gift of time. So he meets a complete stranger, he's given more time than he should really rightly uh, have, and then di- discover a world which is opulent, discover a world where people are literally immortals. And of course, he's introduced himself to the to the roles of the timekeeper, which are there to protect the system invented by rich people. And then what follows is a 45 second minute um, basically montage i've called it you know with um, tongue in cheek the race against time with the song destiny by syntax from the 2004 album and actually the words in destiny doesn't don't make much sense compared to the movies and so on so what we have here is is a montage of two and a half minutes where each segment uh, it operates almost in individually but it doesn't actually belong. There's not the threat through that you would expect. Hence your feeling of mild confusion of thinking, well, why is the hero here in trouble? Well, you know, he, he's got given years, if not centuries to live. He can just go in hiding and all will be well. So yeah, you're right. It's, it's an interesting construct, but I don't think it was designed for uh, a public, uh, an audience. No, it just felt to me as if it was a, a bit of a runaround film, you know, lots of car chases, <laughs> a bit of glamour, a bit of sex, a lot more running around, and it doesn't really give you anything to go on. So, shall we watch the second trailer? Let's do that. the rest never met the quota my units are up from last week so is the quota two hours it's always been an hour now it's two price went up it's a two-hour walk i have an hour and a half then you better run should be immortal if even one person has to die. You're 
are not from around here, are you? Why would you doubt that? You're a little different. Come with me. The camera's picked up suspicious behavior. His name is Will Salas. He shouldn't be there. What are we gonna do? Steal? Is it stealing if it's already stolen? I'm gonna make them pay. We can't have a thousand years in the wrong hands. It could cripple the system. I will stop him. The problem is, everybody wants to live forever. We're not meant to live forever. We are the kids of the in-between. You know we're coming to get you. Let's hope so. His crime wasn't taking time. He was giving it away. Now, this one, to me, Pascal, is a lot better. Now, interestingly enough, I found this trailer on a YouTube channel for 20th Century Fox India, but I couldn't discover whether this trailer was made specifically just for India or whether it indeed is another official trailer that isn't acknowledged on IMDb or anywhere else. But this one is cut together so much better, in my opinion. Now, Interestingly, it uses very much similar scenes to the trailer we've already seen, but the first 15 to 20 seconds very well explains the concept of the life clock, really explains it easily so that within those first 15 seconds, you get the concept. And then it makes total sense when they introduce later the concept that you're fighting to get that time you need and the the time poor people versus the time rich people and the fact that Timberlake inherits a lot of time and then what's he going to do with it? The fact that Timberlake is being hunted down by these timekeepers and that gulf between rich and poor and you immediately get more of a feel for the characters and their motivation and the jeopardy that they're in. So to me, this is almost like chalk and cheese and this is so much better and had i seen this trailer i would definitely have gone to the cinema to see the film because it made absolute perfect sense to me and gives you a reason to go because it gives you characters you want to go and see what happens to them yeah and to your point it does make sense that different territories and different cultures will have different trailers that's mm. the art of communication you know mm. right message right audience right time um for me yeah this is the trailer to get people to go to the cinema or in a good time to buy the blu-ray and and the construct is different now again a little trickier for our podcast listeners before people watching on video you'll have recognized many of the scenes from trailer number one but cut a bit shorter a bit differently and you know, the montage it moves quickly but to your point the first segment which is about to set the uh, the context of the world of the future was literally half of the time 15 seconds mm. they half the text there was no dialogues as well in between the text and the very first voice we hear is from the hero back to the sentence just once i would like to wake up with more time on my hands mm. than hours in a day which then gives you the segue into the the second second segment where you have the gift of time but we are also introduced to this idea of the world where you earn time and you spend time and they also perhaps you could argue a bit of a spoiler but they give away the whole sequence about losing um his mother which is to this day it's absolutely heartbreaking the way um it's created where um her mother basically has an hour and a half left 
of lifetime and she's two hours away from him so she's running in his direction he's running in her direction and would it make it together on time because you can gift time to uh, people close to you and oh my god in terms of a hero journey and the transformation from essentially passive to you know active in this world talk about loss to really get someone to take action and then we have the voice from, I think would be the timekeeper played by Cillian Murphy, the poor are meant to die. That's how the system works. And now back to your point earlier, Roger, his own mission as the hero is to completely demolish this system. And then we're moving to the third segment, which is then a montage again of running around and fighting and, and so on. But what this does much better is everything's cut much shorter. There's no kind of extra seconds or half a second there that you don't need. But also, I would argue, it does a much, much better job to show the work of Sir Roger Dinkins, the cinematographer. The name may be familiar to some of you. Well, because you've seen his work on the Shawshank Redemption, which we've talked about on film marketing, Fargo, Skyfall, Sicario, 19... 17. This is the kind of guy that they had on board to film this movie. And of course, you've got to show his work. Yeah, no, I, I think this is a s absolutely perfect lesson in how important the trailer can be for a film. And, and it's almost a great coincidence that they that there are two in existence for this film, one bad and one good. And it can it just shows you how important it is. One of those trailers could have been responsible for the low audience figures and the fact that a lot of people don't know this film exists. Whereas if the second trailer had had wider coverage, let's assume that it only got shown in India, then the, sh the film could have been so much more successful than it actually turned out to be. No, absolutely. And, and for me, it's then about lessons. So even accomplished filmmakers need time to get that trailer right. You know, the very first version, you've been there, I've been there, all of you listening, your video case studies, your vlog, your everything you do, you know, give yourself time to go back or don't be afraid to go back and release a different version altogether. Because after a good night's sleep, you know, I've been there before where sometimes I'm stuck and I just don't know how to cut that scene or I don't know how to, to come across. And actually, you've got to walk away. You've got to walk away and and sleep on it. Now, don't get me wrong. In the context of a film release, they were up against that deadline. Literally, yeah. <laughs> time time yeah. was running out. So I have some sympathy with you know. Well, we've got this trade trailer. I'm going to call it this to be sympathetic. Let's release that, but very very quickly. Let's move on to let's say a much finer and more engaging cut um, altogether. So I'm going to ask you then, Roger. People have said this is one of the most underrated sci-fi movie of all times. Would you would you concur? I think so. I, I mean, I've seen it at least three times. I think I saw it on an aircraft at one point as well. Um, and it's definitely one of those films that I've had downloaded on my iPad because it's the sort of film I just think I can just I can dip in and out and watch episodically. I just love the I just love those sorts of stories which have that sort of um, observation to make about society, but surround it in a sort of um science fiction premise which is why i like logan's run as well it's mm. it's just one of those things so definitely underrated and if you haven't seen in time you know great performance by justin timberlake you know, don't don't 
be put off by the fact that he's predominantly a pop singer you know he's a it's a good good performance and and amanda seafried as well probably best known for mamma mia puts in a really good performance albeit she's pretty much totally unrecognizable from mamma mia because in mamma mia she had blonde hair whereas this mm. she has black hair so you might not even recognize her as the same actress but a very very good performance from both the leads and Cillian Murphy as you say is always good in every film that he's in excellent well listen thank you so much Roger for suggesting this format of doing a deep dive and detailed breakdown of the trailers it's just been fascinating and hopefully we'll do that again let us know everyone if you think that it's an interesting way in which we can do film marketing for you remember also to suggest films for future reviews this was episode 86, everyone. It has been an absolute pleasure to spend some time with you, Roger Edwards. <laughs> everyone, thank you for your support. Please leave comments in usual places. Until the next one, go out there and make sure your marketing is done right. I was Pascal Pintoni, and he was Roger Edwards. Thank you for listening to the Film Marketing Academy podcast, the audio series dedicated to helping filmmakers create better film marketing campaigns faster. For more information about our film marketing consultancy and training services, go to filmmarketingacademy.com and book your free discovery video call. And if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe and follow your host on social media for more updates.